All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Michael Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Brandon Newman. Brandon, how you doing? Um, actually, pretty well considering the game we had to watch. Yeah, uh, we got. I mean, we have a great show for you guys today. As always, make sure you download, yes. subscribe, rate, review, leave us a five star rating, and check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel under the uh, podcast tab. Gojo with Michael Jr. There, we're gonna get into. What the hell the Mavs do now as the playoff picture in the NBA is starting to crystallize? Brandon gets to take a victory lap, and the Mavs get to figure out what this come to Jesus is going to look like this offseason and if it's going to involve Kyrie Irving. We've also got the debut of a new segment called Parent with a Platform, uh, which I'm very excited for. (laughs) But Brandon, we are just coming off as you and I are recording UConn's win in the 2023 Men's National Championship game. They beat San Diego State 76-59, to and we all knew coming in it was going to be a tough sell after how cool Sunday was with the women's tournament. 
Right. And like, and I want to say, first off, congratulations to Dan Hurley and UConn. That team was an absolute force of nature. How force of naturey were they, Mike? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, they were this kind of force of nature. UConn won its six NCAA tournament games by an average of 20 points per game. It was the fourth largest margin since the field expanded in 1985, and they finished 17-0 and against non-conference opponents and won every game by double digits. They kicked everyone's asses and were clearly the best team in college basketball by season's end. They had a bumpy path in the middle of the season that threw us off the scent. We got all excited about some of these other teams, the Houstons, the Purdue's, and the Kansases, and the Bamas of the world. And much like a rom-com, UConn, the team in your hometown that was right there all along, Mm, standing mm, mm, in the mm. corner just asking to be loved with Dan Hurley talking his shit reminding y'all that nobody believed in us and you better get your licks now because we're coming ends up being the one to deliver UConn men's basketball their fifth title in the last 25 years and Brandon it's incredibly impressive what they've done as someone who grew up in Connecticut, I talked about it on the podcast the other day. A program of this caliber on the men's and women's side should not exist in stores, Connecticut. It simply should not be possible. And yet it is. And yet they've done this now five titles with three different coaches over the course of that time, all pretty evenly spaced out, all different styles. You had Adama Sonogo, who was the most outstanding player for the tournament uh, on the UConn side, just a force in the middle, uh, big bodied, absolutely roughing up a San Diego State team whose whole mission in life is to rough people up. And so that was all incredibly impressive. But the game really didn't make me feel a damn thing. And it's what we were all worried about coming into this, and it ended up coming to fruition. Now, we had seen this coming on the men's side. I actually saw Will Compton from Bustin' with the Boys point out that the the March Madness is one of those things that can, if you're not careful, get less exciting as the tournament goes along. Because we mentioned mm. before, Sports Buffet Day. You get all this volume at the beginning. You get all that inventory. You got shit happening all the time. And then as you go further and further along, you're really dependent on college basketball teams to play incredible games. And as we know about college basketball, that's not always in the cards for this level of hoops. It's just not where they're at as players, as coaches, as officials, as we've seen on both sides of the aisle in this tournament. And so things like this are bound to happen. And this is not a, oh, the ratings are going to be bad conversation. This is not anything like that. This is, hey, in a game that was already a tough sell coming in because there weren't a lot of super compelling stories because for some reason, UConn being a blue blood now does not seem to register in all of our brains yet. What we had was a matchup that lacked a lot of outside juice, and what we got was a game where UConn was up double digits the vast majority of the time. Like, San Diego State managed to cut it down to single digits in the second half, but then they got in foul trouble, then UConn was shooting for like the last 13 minutes, and it all went to hell. And so what we were left with was a game that did not make me feel a whole lot through the entirety. It started way too late. Like, my God, what do we need to do? 
to get this game on earlier. Somehow, some way, we are so spoiled by everything that happened with the women on Sunday, from the style of play, from the stars that were involved, but not the least of which was just a humane start time that still no. netted you incredible results. Like that game, the women's game, we got the ratings in 9.9 million viewers. It is the most watched women's college basketball game on record. It peaked at 12.6 million and it is up 103% year over year. You put it in a nice, comfortable Sunday afternoon window and it did banger numbers because that game was heroic and because we were all awake to actually consume it. Mike, a 920 tip East Coast. Like, obviously, you're complaining from the West Coast, and obviously, you're still an East Coast body, brain, mind, soul, heart. And I appreciate that. Sure, but I need to check my privilege on that. Yeah, yes, of course, yes. West Coast is built for sports uh, watching, especially at this point in time in the year. But, Mike, this was ridiculous. A 920 tip, and then that snooze fest of a first half after the first four minutes of the game where San Diego State was actually scoring points. And this is where the Cinderella team... Uh, I guess the rubber meets the road is a, is a nice idiom to talk about it where uh, a side of the bracket where Alabama lost to this team that could have potentially given UConn a version of a game where we can be uh, lauding UConn for their defense as well as their offense, right? Like, I just, I just feel like now I am wishing that a blue blood would have come out on the other side instead of this Cinderella stuff that was the San Diego State team that – Looked like they were making bad, like they couldn't win the game if it was just straight layup lines. To that point, ESPN Stats and Info, San Diego State was one of 11 on contested paint shots in the first half. The Adama Sonogo <laughs> effect, Klingon, the big seven-footer who actually is from Central Connecticut. He went to high school in Bristol right by ESPN and whooped my high school's candy ass in the state title last year. So he has gone back-to-back titles in the state of Connecticut, uh, go off him and his boy. seven foot so being seven foot in central connecticut high school basketball should be illegal there's no, he had like a 30 point 20 rebound double double in that game it was absurd and it shouldn't be allowed he shouldn't be that tall and be so swaggy either like going to the bench and seeing him go off was it was it was a highlight of this boring snooze fest of a game did you see him throw up the phone call on the celebration there classless disgusting <laughs> Oh my God. It was just, it was just too much, but you're you're right. He got the money haircut very quickly on campus. Like that's a testament to, I think how NIL is changing college basketball is you got kids that come in and got the money haircut very early. Like the one where you actually went and saw someone who knew what they were doing. Now maybe high school kids are built different. Maybe especially basketball players are built a little different on that front because it's not a helmet sport. You actually got to be on display for everybody, but he seemed like he hit that glow up real quick when he got to college okay after we after the game dan hurley said that or they were talking about dan hurley and the nil deals and all things like that and he said that you have to want to play for connecticut or you have to want to play for him to be on that team forget the the deals and nil stuff like that like are you buying that i'm just coming off you talk about the money haircut because i i see this team and they don't look bought per se they do look like they're like a a true blood team that would have been dominated any era but I, i don't know if i'm buying that so that always sounds like a good thing to say and listen dan hurley we know comes from coaching lineage coaching family 
certainly passionate. You see how demonstrative is demonstrative he is on the sideline. He gives big Mike McDaniel energy as far as a guy who looks very nerdy yeah. but acts very cool and everyone seems to love. And I, I don't doubt that that's part of it, but that's never all of it. Like right. college sports at this level are far too corporatized for it to all just be something I can buy as a total family sell. I don't know what UConn's NIL situations like. I don't know how they're built in that way. Matt Brown, who writes the Extra Points newsletter, does a phenomenal job covering the business of college sports. I think made a really compelling point in yesterday's newsletter, which is while we talk in football in very serious terms about how NIL has changed the sport, college basketball, there's going to be a lot of ways to skin a cat just because the makeup of the sport is so much different the talent spread is so much different the NBA prospects having other there's so many things that filter into it that yeah UConn might not be like Miami as far as the poster of that but I'm also not going to say that's this perfect homegrown mom and pop kumbaya deal either like Dan Hurley is an incredible coach. He had an incredible group of players. He smartly said the other day, he's like, I got three guys that are going to play in the NBA. I just don't mess it up too bad. He understands that you get talent in the door, you coach it up, and good things tend to happen. So that didn't tend to happen uh, for this team. Um, you had that going on. Um, overall, like I'd say this couple of biggest takeaways from this game we mentioned didn't really feel anything uh we got to get away from halves quarters the women's game is proven that's clearly superior i'm hoping all the right. added attention on the women's game makes people realize that we need to have men's college basketball playing quarters also the craziest thing about this game by far though is jim nance bro, bro. so okay. well so tell me jim, tell me why is, you think so so this is Jim. This was Jim Nance's final time calling March Madness in the NCAA tournament. Okay. He is stepping away from his role in that and immediately stepping onto a private jet to head down to Augusta to cover the Masters later this week. Yes. The thing that was crazy to me, because the closest I got to feeling anything over the course of the night was hearing Jim Nance in his final sign-off. He got a little bit choked up. He leaned into and ended up kind of golden girlsing himself. He leaned into his hello friends and said, thank you for being my friend at yes. the end of the broadcast, yes. which is fine, though. Like, as someone who thought they were going to get through their goodbye to their dad on radio without crying, I understand what it's like to have a, a plan <laughs> and then get punched in your own face by yourself. Yes. The thing that threw me off was... I saw this hit the timeline after, and I had missed this news when it was first reported, that Jim Nance told, the, I think, the New York Post that he plans to come back and still do the trophy ceremony every year, just not call the game. Bro. Bro, how? How could you? We going to tear branch all this thing? Yeah, right? <laughs> that is not... No, sir. No. Like, that is like, who do you think you are? Are you the president? Are you the principal of March Madness now? I, I think he kind of is. Like, if we're going to talk about people who can kind of operate around March Madness with impunity, it feels like it's at least Dickie V and Jim Nance. Like, I'm oh, not yeah, sure how many other Dickie names v. we have to add to that. This Dickie V basically made March Madness. But Jim Nance, Jim Nance has been the voice of it for God knows how long. Yeah, I am I am not on board with that, Mike. He... I, he <laughs> He did not. I don't know who it was that was on the podium with them at UConn, but he was all up on Jim Nance, and they could barely cut my man out the shot. <laughs> Jim Nance was not happy about that at all, Mike. And I, I want to do shout out, shout out 
to Dickie V, Sarasota native, where I am, my where I am, ten toes in the ground. He raised money, thousands of dollars towards cancer research. Obviously, he just came out for a family to come to his house and watch uh, the Final Four weekend. Uh, with him, or, or maybe it was the national championship. Either way, uh, Dickie V and his and his wife were hosting and getting a chance to to watch the game together. But that that late that late tip off, Mike. Regardless like, of it, that's hey, ten o'clock to Sarasota midnight. Like that's this is Dickie V was putting in for the money. You know what though, like Dickie V, if there's anyone that's got enough natural Red Bull inside their system, it's that <laughs> dude. I am so shout out to Dickie V again. Come up with the Coors Light ad. I didn't really like Dickie Ooh, V is yeah. so wholesome family. I didn't think he'd be out here slinging beer ads. I'm so proud of him. I, I Mike, at one point in time, the commercials was the most entertaining part of this national championship game. And that is unheard of when it comes to the men's game. Yeah, it's uh, again, whether it was just what we talked about and, and you pointed out the thing that I have always said about this tournament is the Cinderella's are fun until they're not until it's nut cut in time in one of these games. And listen, Far be it for me to complain too much. Like, I don't want to turn this into totally dumping on all them. San Diego State gave us the better Final Four game, right? They had a buzzer beater against FAU to even get here. A true buzzer beater in the Final Four, which, again, throw out whatever you think about ratings or Blue Bloods or any stuff like that. Just give us entertaining games, and it's cool. And the majority of the teams that had been part of the upsets had given us really entertaining games, and it ran out of gas to the national title. College football's got a two-round playoff setup, and we had a disappointing championship this year in that sport an infinitely more boring game to watch for everybody involved so it's not a crime but it is what happens sometimes when the math actually maths in this tournament and it ended up happening here but it also doesn't take away from what UConn did which was deserve the hell out of and win the hell out of this championship in incredibly blowout fashion so congratulations to the Huskies and all my dumbass friends back home we're going to probably go to Huskies on campus if they're not already up in stores and tear that thing down. I wish I was in Connecticut having some pizza, Mike. I wish I was at Stu Leonard's getting some uh, m- some milk, some cookies, some ice cream, and some pizza. Yeah, it's it, pizza and UConn basketball. That's about all we got. Welcome to Connecticut, <laughs> folks. Welcome to Connecticut. Uh, Brandon, as we wave goodbye to college basketball season and Jim Nance handing out his tie to random kids only to come back and hand them trophies. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic 
like research, development, and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. Let's look at the association and move on to the NBA because I want to give you yet another chance as if it wasn't already crystal and clear before. We're nearing the home stretch. There's a handful of games left for everybody in the NBA. I think the last games before we get to the play-in next week are on Sunday. And Brandon, your Los Angeles Lakers firmly in the mix right now. They're tied with New Orleans at the seven seed. Uh, one half game behind the Clippers and the Warriors that are tied at six right now. That's a playoff team, man. Uh, barring, uh, I, I don't even know if it's possible for them to miss anymore, but this is a team that has somehow found their way into playoff contention. So bravo, Brandon, as you wear your Lakers hat into the show today. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Uh, it's not anything I've done. It's something that Anthony Davis has done since deciding to uh, play like he was never injured. And obviously LeBron James is back, and he had his tune-up game against the Rockets where the Lakers had 36 assists on the night. I don't know what to expect now because now everyone else is starting to drink the Kool-Aid that I've been drinking this entire time. So I'm a little bit skeptical of how things turn out. But this team is figuring out how to play with themselves. (laughs) God. Dang. <laughs> it's an important part of every young person's life. <laughs> I mean, the Lakers are playing Lakers basketball. Fun, moving the ball around. Uh, there's role players that are role the playing. Around. Gotta move the balls around. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is there like they can sit D'Angelo Russell just in case because he is going to be a perfect third for them when they're actually making their playoff run Mike I don't I don't know what else to say other than the West understands just how serious the Lakers are but I think the East are starting to look at him a little bit now too because with LeBron James healthy making effortless triple doubles the Lakers are an issue the Lakers are an issue the Lakers are a problem they finally made moves in the trade deadline that make them serious contenders What I will say is those moves have worked remarkably well. I don't know if anyone in the East is necessarily as worried about them as you'd make out there. I still think this NBA season feels like a three-horse race in the Eastern Conference and by far the stronger side of basketball. But what you talked about, best-case scenario for the Lakers – Anthony Davis charged up. Last three yes. games, he's averaging 38.7 uh, points on 65.5% from the field. All wins at the start of the Lakers' road trip. So that's the biggest thing. It's what we've always said is the thing. It's what kept Russell Westbrook, I think, from being the best version of himself as a Laker. And now what's going to allow everyone else to do this? And you brought up the other important thing. The fact that D'Angelo Russell and a lot of the rest of these guys can go out there and competently run the show 
when LeBron is off the court is huge because ever since LeBron came over to Los Angeles, there's been a massive problem when he goes off the court. Those minutes without LeBron James to be out there directing traffic and is the I always say the you need an adult on the floor. And without yeah. LeBron James on the court, the Lakers have often lacked that presence. And now with D'Angelo Russell and the way the rest of this team can operate, you've got that. And in playoff minutes where we know the people you're going to count on and that number of people you're going to go to shrinks, that's a massive upgrade to what they've had in the past. Yeah, but I, I like the way that they're doing it in a completely new way because LeBron James, at one point in time, everyone's like, you just need shooters around him. He needs shooters to be successful. Now, this Lakers team is filled with a bunch of mini LeBron Jameses. I say that because people are doing all the things always. It, it, it's someone going off for 10 rebounds, someone going off for uh, X amount of blocks and steals. Like I, I feel like the entire team has learned to just be better basketball players and just play the game the way it's played versus like trying to force an individual narrative of a team like as great as Rui has been as great as Vanderbilt uh all these different people uh, Austin Reeves obviously the the king of the people that you didn't really think about coming into the season uh, for the Lakers squad making a difference they're all just out there balling and trying to win games and they're and they're doing obviously the Houston Rockets wasn't weren't a, a a big test for them, but as as excited as I can be about what the Lakers are going to do, realistically, the Warriors are the reigning champs for a reason, and they just got Andrew Wiggins back. Yeah, and the Suns are a team that has Kevin Durant, who just is coming back for, from not playing for a while. Like I, the, the West is still wide open, but the Lakers have a horse in the race. Well, I, I guess that's the thing is the West is almost going to be solely dependent on who is healthiest at the right times. Like the Clippers have dealt with the Paul George injury. You just mentioned Golden State's just getting Andrew Wiggins back now, who looks clearly like a guy. I think he's missed 22 games now in his time away from the team. They cannot win it this year without him and what he has become for that team. But you keep looking up. Yeah, Kevin Durant, not a lot of games played because of that ankle injury with the Suns. Sacramento hasn't been here before. Memphis is still you know, getting Ja back into the lineup, and we'll see how that goes once we get to the postseason. The Denver Nuggets are the one seed, and who the hell trusts the Denver Nuggets right now? So it, it, it's... No one. It's at like the NFL generally tends to work like this, where it's just who's healthiest at the end among the good teams tend to be the ones left standing of the heat when we get to Super Bowl time. The NBA, because you've got seven game series, you've got different factors. It, it's important. Don't get me wrong. We, I mean, hell, how many people have watched Chris Paul led teams over the years? You're usually one hamstring oh, away from being around further than you end up finishing in. But yeah. this year's West, especially because the teams we're trusting at the top do not have the same level of experience in this area. You know, Nikola Jokic, I think, has been to one uh, Western Conference final in his career and lost that series, obviously. Memphis has yet to get that far. So, that's why if you're the Lakers, you can feel the glimmer of hope. You've earned that now. I tried to put I tried to put cold water on that when LeBron yeah. James went down and was injured because I did not think the rest of this team was capable of doing what they did, which is having Austin Reeves and Anthony Davis and um you know, the rest of these guys all step up more or less. Yeah. So 
That's the good news in the Western Conference. Brandon, what becomes really interesting now, because we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the playoff teams. We're going to get that set for the uh, tournament that starts next week. Not the midseason tournament, but the play-in tournament that actually has worked (laughs) out very well. So Adam Silver, one for one on tournament ideas. We'll see if he can go two for two, because I think so far the play-in tournament has worked out very, very well. Now, I would say... For them and their continued television product, it would be a lot better if you had Golden State or Los Angeles in that play-in tournament. Because right now, New Orleans, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and like if the Clippers falter, potentially them, a little bit less enticing of a grab. They've been lucky to have some of the best teams in the NBA find their way into the play-in for the first couple of seasons of it. So that's what I'm sure the league office, maybe in places they don't talk about at parties, might hope for now. We'll see. You get more games out of the Lakers if they go. I get it. But the team we're not talking about in that right now and the team on the verge of shutting down their two superstar players because things have gone so impossibly bad in the time that they have been together is the Dallas Mavericks, who currently sit at the 11th seed right now. It has been an unmitigated poopy disaster for this squad who has dealt with these two guys both being injured at various times and not on the floor together, a team that couldn't play defense before they got there and then lost bodies to get Kyrie there and can't play defense after he was there there now it's been a disaster everybody looks miserable Luca looks miserable there which playing for Jason Kidd has a track record of not being the most fun thing in the world so when you combine that with all of this losing you get to this point now where if they do which they I think they've got I think I saw Sham say they've got like a protected top three pick and so it would benefit them at this point to not make the play-in game and to just shut those guys down, say get healthy and focus on the offseason. But the question that begets is, what do you do now with Kyrie Irving this offseason? Who's set to become a free agent, who they got and acquired from Brooklyn in the middle of this season, and they knew, hey, this was a trial run. This was a rental, and maybe we'll come and buy the thing when we get to the end of the season. And most of the thought on that was predicated on, if things go well like let's see a little bit of fruit of our labor so that we can all feel good about doing the thing that we've seen multiple teams uncomfortable with in the last two calendar years which is giving Kyrie Irving a long-term contract the Mavs have a big advantage because since he is on their team they can offer him the most money in the most years right they've got the leverage provided to them by the CBA that's there to help these teams retain players like this that are hitting free agency And the question then becomes, though, what do you do? I've always said betting on Kyrie Irving long term, scary prospect, does not have a good track record. At the same time, if I'm Kyrie Irving, betting on the Dallas Mavericks recently has not seemed like the greatest bet ever. A team that has constantly failed to surround Luka Doncic with the requisite parts that he needs, and then when you get a sniff, a hint of any good ones, when you get Kristaps Porzingis or Jalen Brunson or any of the number of other players that they've let, in Jalen's case, walk out the door for nothing, you gotta start looking at the front office and going, man, can I trust them? Because from where I sit right now, as dicey a proposition as betting long-term on Kyrie is, if you're Dallas, you got to show Luka that you're serious about this. And usually the way to do that is by saying, we're going to give another superstar to you in that backcourt and try and make this work. 
because I get it hamstrings every move that you're going to make from here on out it makes it harder to fill out the depth and the defense on that roster because Lord knows Kyrie and Luca aren't going to be huge assets to you on that end of the floor but this is kind of what we talk about with Lamar Jackson you haven't necessarily displayed the ability to fill out the roster around him anyway in a way that's meaningfully gotten you deep into the postseason. There's been some runs, but almost all of them have been the Luka Doncic show and the pips. And so if you're Dallas, I do feel like you've got to back up the Brinks truck, throw everything you can at Kyrie and hope that he wants to stay with you in free agency because at this point, it's the situation where it feels like you might lose them both if you keep publicly fumbling the bat like this in front of Luca. Yeah, I don't I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are in a position to throw money at this problem to heal it. Just in if I was Kyrie, stay in Texas. Tax free. Like get that get your income. Like I I think it makes more sense for him to be there. But like you said, you can't trust what Kyrie's gonna do next. He uh, values his freedom as much as he values being uh, offered the, the max contract and not to bring everything back to the Lakers but I do think LeBron James is eyeing one of those two guys to come over to the Lakers because unlike the Dallas Mavericks the Lakers have thrown money at certain issues and won championships on the back end because they have the Jackie Moon GM player coach that is LeBron James on that roster right now so I say all that to say the Dallas Mavericks really need to, I don't know what, let's be real. They've had as much bad headlines as the Suns have had in the last three to five years when it comes to the the front office and and how they're doing things. Off the court, yeah. Off the court, right? So, like, there's, uh, it's rotten, something's rotten in Denmark over there, and and I think it's, Real, I think Kyrie knew that going in. That's why he knew he'd have the flexibility to jump after this season. I this is the thing where uh, predicting Kyrie Irving's like Aaron Rodgers, it's impossible to do, and no one should try. But it is, hey, how much does he value that max contract that we've heard he wanted since he was back in Brooklyn, right? That was a hang-up. That became a thing with those teams. And was that because you just wanted the max money that you feel like you're owed? Because remember, sometimes contract can be a respect thing. It's about how am I viewed based on what I give to you on the court. And Kyrie on the court has still been Kyrie Irving. Like, he's done the good Kyrie Irving stuff by and large here. And so when you do that... Does it say, hey, I want the respect of being a max player because it's been a while because I've had a lot of people questioning me in public lately, had everyone with something to say, is that something that matters enough to him, especially with, again, the ability to have more years and more money there? Or is there something else out there? That'll be the curious part. If the Lakers do want to blow up what they've got now in favor of bringing him over because LeBron's only got so many years left, because you're trying to max out the rest of that timeline. But if you're Dallas, as uncomfortable as it might be, it doesn't feel like a guy that at this juncture you can let walk out the door based on how you've done business so far because you haven't proven to be able to do it with just guys that are that next level down like without it being another real star like you had the post new york porzingis that had already begun to suffer those injuries jalen brunson was a very good player but and one you could have matched easily he was a restricted free agent how you let that happen is still beyond me and now he's gone and become the star of a knicks team that clinched its playoff spot jalen brunson is gonna be in the dance and is laughing all the way to the bank 
But if you're Dallas, you haven't proven the ability to flesh out this roster without another star there. You finally got another star in the building. And so even as bad as it went down the stretch of the season, you can chalk it up to injury. You can chalk it up to a short timeline for them to gel. And the fact that your team couldn't play any defense, like that's the need that you've got to address and just try and do it out of the bargain bin because you in this league need multiple guys that can go to work the way that he and Kyrie or or that he and Luka Doncic can. So that'll be one of the top storylines, if not the top storyline going into this summer is what the future of Kyrie Irving looks like, regardless of, you know, how kind of enigmatic he's been off the court. It's who's he going to play basketball for next season because the basketball still looks good. He has to be motivated to do that, though, Mike. And that's the mystery box for all these franchises trying to sign deals with him. Obviously, being valued and respect is huge. But how do you how do you quantify that? It's very difficult uh, to do that on paper. And the best they can do is put a number in front of him and hope that that will motivate him to be as consistent as Jalen Brunson has been in the last three years, even in, in, a, in a sense of how many games being played. Yeah, and listen, to be fair to Kyrie, now there's been those couple instances of him getting fans thrown out of the arena and getting into some of those altercations. I don't know what was said, I don't know what was done, but by and large, maybe it's part of them being as bad as they've been since he got over there, but there has been a lot less of the Kyrie Irving sideshow experience than what we got in Brooklyn, and so I will give him that grace that maybe this is someone that is looking seriously and saying, I got to get to the money this summer. Now, you're right. What happens after he gets that security, and if you can count on him to show up and be there as often, still remains to be seen, but at this point, Dallas, you are not negotiating with a ton of leverage based on your own mistakes, and so that's what you got to carry in to the party. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. Speaking of holding people accountable for their mistakes, we want to try out a new segment here today because Brandon Newman is a father of children. And what comes along with that are a different set of problems than I deal with in my life. Most days it's, you know, is the coffee place that I like open? Can I get into the workout class I want at the time I want? Usually with the other, like, you know, stay-at-home parents that are rocking out during the middle of the day when our schedules allow. All those different things. Is it nice enough to go walk down by the beach? Thoughts and prayers aren't required, but they're appreciated. Brandon Newman's got grown folks problems, and... We want to give him a space to express those because he is a parent with a platform and these people better respect him. They better acknowledge him and the power he has. So, Brandon, I don't know what the issue is. I am waiting till now to find out. So the floor is is literally yours. This is your segment. So go off. 
Okay, so everybody who listens to the podcast on a normal basis, consistently, maybe weekly, I know that my child, Carter Kanai Newman, is in a Montessori school. Is that, is that, did I say it right, Mike? Yes, you did. You, you've grown leaps and bounds since he entered the Montessori <laughs> school. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I used to call it a Montessori school, which is a school for little priests, but this is kind of the same thing. The Montessori is kind of like a school for little priests. But anyways, okay, so we we up in the Montessori school. Mike, expensive as shit. Like, I don't know how much Beyonce knows and the rest of the people that graduated from Montessori's uh, was making money, but it's expensive as hell. Okay, so we told them like, hey, we might have to pull Carter up out of here because y'all, y'all paying too much and we about to have Mac in school as well and it's going to be too much to have both of them in the same spot. He was like, oh, don't worry. We're going to give you, offer you, get, offer Carter some scholarships to take care of that. Like, we don't want to break families up. We, we would hate to lose Carter. I'm like, okay, the NIL deals are rolling in at three. Like, let's go. Right? So, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, Birdman, hand rub, waiting to see the paperwork. They come back and say that we do not apply <laughs> for the financial aid and the scholarships. So, we just wasted money applying for it to send it to them. Okay. So, anyways. This all happens. We, we got this other school lined up that we would have to go to, you know, getting Carter in the mental, like new new friends and all that type of stuff because they playing with us, right? Today or yesterday, my wife drops Carter off at school, tells them the bad news that we can't afford to to go to this school anymore because y'all was playing on the financial aid tip and we're going to have to pull them out. And the teacher, Michelle said, was basically in tears, like very upset, sad, da, da, da. Fast forward to the middle of the day, Mike, right around after playground time, after lunch, before nap, we get a call that Carter is sick with the fever and he has to be picked up immediately. Oh, oh, really? Today? This is the first time we get Carter. My man's got a little running nose. We do fever or we do the, the thermometer over and over again. Not sick at all. But guess what's in the in the school policy? If you get sent home with a fever, you have to stay at home the next day as well. So these people plan. These people plan wow. with our money. They plan with us. Now we got now we are stay at home parents that we have just had two weeks of spring break, Mike. And you notice know I didn't oh. talk about it on the podcast, but Carter was running around here for two weeks while we was trying to deal with all this stuff, and we finally got him in last week. And now because we don't, and obviously it may not be cause and effect, but I feel like they took his temperature after he got done running around on the playground. It's like, oh, Carter got a fever. He got to go home. Sorry. So y'all playing with us, y'all playing with our money, and we gonna not that we gonna come after you, but we exposing you because guess what? I'm a parent with a platform. Man, I I so they're trying to get him up out the paint early now because you said we're not about this anymore. Like, are they gonna try this stuff until the school year ends to try and just get Bro. him out of there even sooner? Bro, I listen, listen. I am very disappointed. They they. I, there's no way. There's no way. I'm, I'm. I think I'm being sensitive to what's going on and information that was relayed today, and like just so happens, right? Fine. But Carter is the the picture of perfect health. He's out there shooting hoops, Mike. He took about 200 shots today. Like he, he's like life. jumping off the walls, having a great day, having a great day. I almost thought. I almost thought he gained the system after coming off the spring break. I thought it was like. I was like, did he know how to like? So that's that was my next question is obviously your beef with the school, something we need to address. I think I have the solution and it's child white collar crime. 
I mean, Ooh. you need to take them for all of the yes. printer paper, school supplies, <laughs> back. If they're doing some sort of backpack drive, guess who that's supporting now? Carter. Like, we need to find ways to take as much as humanly possible for them if that's how they're going to play the game here. I also think you might be well served to bring this accusation up loudly near the front of school as you try and play more of the negotiation mm. game and see if all of a sudden you become eligible for some of this financial aid that previously was ineligible for. It's okay. like this is just an open negotiation right now. This you are you are now you and Carter are now Lamar Jackson, not being valued at the level that you need to be valued. And so sometimes you gotta fire some tweets off. Bro, I, I listen. I wouldn't be offended if they said they were, that we were eligible and that, that that they would hate to lose Carter so much that they was going to make sure that he could stay in school and that they want his little brother to be there too and they don't want to break families apart. But guess what? No, no, we're going to steal. Listen, Brandon, leaving you know school, who that sounds like? That sounds like what? John Harbaugh saying we yeah lamar jackson's gonna be our quarterback this season we can't imagine a world without it we love lamar and we wanted to be here brandon you got the non-exclusive tag from this monastery school oh my gosh yeah they're trying to franchise franchise tag carter when he is clearly worth a four or five year deal i'm telling you you got a generational talent at quarterback, and they want to try and put the franchise oh. tag on him. Not even the forty-five million year tag. They want to put the one where they might actually risk losing him on him. It's bull stuff, bro. We had a report the other day. Same teacher, same teacher that said he was sick uh, one day before. Let us know during pickup. Carter is very, very nice to his friends, and and helps and helps the the younger uh, kids reach things that they can't. Like okay, we're getting all these good reports, and then and then now, now the good boy is the sick boy. I don't know. I'm confused. I you know what, Brandon? I would be too because again, they're the ones crying saying we don't want to lose him. Well, you know what it takes to keep him, and you hey. don't feel like doing all you can. Like this, I, I'm really glad we're having this conversation. One because I'm sure it's cathartic. Two because I'm sure someone who listen, works at that Montessori school listens to this podcast and is going to be shaking in their boots now because they got DraftKings money coming after them. But three, hey. this is also very instructive for what the nature of Lamar Jackson's situation is, and I think people <laughs> can actually learn a lot through your child about this process if there was still any confusion about the non-exclusive. Tag. Oh my gosh! I wish I knew what the Lamar Jackson version of uh, Forty Carrots, by the way, is the new school that he's going to be going to. Shouts out to Forty Carrots. Yeah. I wonder what the what the version of Lamar Jackson's Forty Carrots is. I hope it's uh, a, just a different version of Baltimore Ravens as a fan. But uh, I know that's probably not the case. Is it Forty Carrots, as in like diamond measurement, or Forty Carrots like the edible ones? Now I found out recently that they're spelled differently, and it is the the one that Bunny. <laughs> Had had you been spelling diamond carrots with a C? Bro, who knew that they started like a a home run? Like, what do we have here? Strikes. Leading with K's? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I said home run strikes. What are we doing? Leading with K's? We Sandy Koufax out here? Get out of here. Oh, man. Listen, parent with a platform is a dangerous man. Montessori man. school, tread lightly. We are now a 40 carats team. Okay. Hey. And hey, the segment what? is open. The segment is open now, so we might come back to this well. Y'all don't know. Parents with a platform. We may we may give a, uh, this may be a nice way to, to get uh, guests on the show or fans of the show. If y'all got, y'all got something to say, if, y'all got, if you're a parent. 
That is true. You know what? At Gojo Show on Twitter. If you are a parent with a problem, bring it mm. here. Parent with a platform. We are going to be the megaphone for your issues and try and help <laughs> you sort it out right now. I promise my solution won't always be white collar crime or mild extortion. But in this case, I feel like it's warranted. Maybe we're going to put a crew together and do a heist on this school. I'm not really sure. Ooh, hey. Hey, let's not, let's stop let's stop saying the plans. They're giving up game for free now. That is true. That is true. So, uh, uh, at Gojo Show on Twitter again. If you are a parent in need of a platform, we are here to do our very best to help. Brandon, we are also here to give everyone the moment of the show that they come looking oh, and waiting for. Shoot. Do you know what time it is? Again, I don't know if your reaction is a bit or if it's just your natural reaction where you appear caught off guard every time. Taylor Swift, every time she comes out for a concert, introduces herself and says, hi, I'm Taylor, as if everybody there doesn't already know. But somehow oh, in the back great. of your mind, like it feels kind of genuine and it feels kind of nice. That's how I feel about your oh shit every day when I ask you <laughs> about the segment that you're in charge of. To be fair, I listen to this podcast it's uh, every other day, every other day, or maybe three ta- three days a week. And every time, I'm telling you, it's genuine because I, you know, you know, I'll be effing up with some stuff. But here we go. I'm gonna fill in my bones. You ready? My friend, the communist, <laughs> holds me. <laughs> His RVs, listen, wow. I can't afford his gas. So I'm stuck here watching TV. I don't have digital. Damn it. I don't have diddly squad. It's not having what you want. It's wanting what you've got. I'm gonna soak up the sun I'm gonna tell everyone This, that, and the third I'm gonna tell them that I've got no one to blame For every time I feel lame I'm gonna this that the third. I'm gonna this that the third. I wasn't prepared for that song to hit as hard as it did. <laughs> it hit. It did. I, I was so moved by the spirit. It's just such. I don't know when that that song. I feel like that song came out when we were in middle school. And man, there's just the. Oh man. We grew up in a real golden era for, I guess, pop. 90s and yeah, 2000s oh. pop Pandora slaps intergalactically. 2002, Mike. See, God's time is perfect, and so Soak is yours. Up the sun, man. Cheryl, Cheryl Crow, shouts out to you. I was, I picked that out thinking uh, there could possibly be an upset with San Diego State, but like, you know, just yeah. You know. say you should have gone and let the, the dogs dynasty. out. Yeah. <laughs> Shout yes. out to Coach Weiss and the Huskies and the Huskies. If you want to shout out Brandon Newman, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five-star rating and tell him what a great job he did soaking up the sun and uh, calling that upset. Brandon, speaking of winners, um, 
I do want to give some love to the winners that were kind enough to fill out our bracket challenge on the uh, NCAA app. P Mars 8540625738 is the winner uh with 118 points out of the 453 people in our bracket uh <laughs> Suburban Vaginitis and Ken J Clark tied for second with 108 points and Rack of Lamb with 103 points. All of them had UConn as their national champion, so congratulations. Thank you. We are still tallying and tabulating the score of Brandon's bracket. We will give that update tomorrow on Wilder Wednesday so she can help one of us cope with having to go and redo our pro day at Notre Dame. Oh, Mike, I'm not looking forward to it. And I'm going to I'm gonna deliver on my milk Krispy Kreme mile thing as well. I, I Not around the same time, but... I just feel like I'm always at the back end of all these athletic challenges because I, I I lose. I tend to lose. Well, you know what? We got plenty of events coming up that you might be able to turn the tide on. Um, in the meantime, <laughs> let's get to this. Uh, this, that, the third, three quick stories to finish off the day. Brandon, this first one, near and dear to my heart, Warner Brothers is apparently near a deal for a Harry Potter online TV show uh, with HBO, this uh, according to Bloomberg. Uh, each season of the series will be based on one of the seven books written by J.K. Rowling. Um, the company is hoping the series can be a cornerstone of the new streaming strategy that was announced next week. That will be announced next week by HBO's parent company, Warner Brothers, uh, that recently absorbed all that. So essentially, you've got HBO and the Harry Potter universe combining now. This is incredibly pleasing to me, Harry Potter fan. I understand. Do not really like the idea of J.K. Rowling benefiting from these. She's someone who's come out and shown herself to be somewhat bigoted, certainly transphobic. And so a lot of things that I do not endorse, I am the polar opposite of viewpoint wise and certainly don't agree with. And so while she's not going to be necessarily in charge she's going to be involved in the series basically to make sure it remains loyal to the books but she's not going to run the show day to day she's not going to be the primary uh, creator of this show i'd imagine in large part because she's pretty toxic and you don't want that around but like we talked about the other day with lsu winning you could root for LSU without necessarily loving that it gave Kim Mulkey more shine because of some other things that she's done in a similar vein that have made her problematic. But the combination of HBO and that premium cable coming together with the favorite story of my childhood, Brandon, is is too much for me to ignore given what HBO's track record is. I will be front and center for this. I don't know if they're going to greenlight them for seven seasons right off the bat. That would seem unprecedented in the world of television, but especially in the world of HBO. Now, maybe because it's part of streaming, there's a little bit more of a comfort level with that. But we know one thing HBO usually doesn't do, and that's, you know, step away from the checkbook when it's time to spend money on these kind of shows yeah i mean i don't know if you remember mike but it's not tv it's hbo the same way it's not it's not streaming it's a a harry potter streaming tv show like like i'm i think it's a perfect fit mike because I've talked to you before off air about how these shows from these different networks start to look alike when it comes to Netflix and, and Apple TV Plus and everyone kind of just like shooting things the same way. As darkly lit as HBO Max loves to be oh. and all of their shows love to be, to be in dark ass Hogwarts 
season in and season out with some like deep narratives and I hope a little bit of twists that kind of get certain tantalizing some so maybe some early Harry Hermione Granger <laughs> like, God I, I mean, damn it like, Brandon like, what how did I know like, you were going to be the one that brought up the fact that because it's HBO we're probably going to get some weird Harry Potter sex stuff in here I mean think about it their main thing everybody got a wand that's all I'm going to say <laughs> everybody got a wand I'm I'm so mad because you weren't the first person to bring this up. Like, it, leave it leave what? it to Mina Kimes to do this better than everybody else, as she pointed out. Because it is HBO, it's all fun and games until two of the Weasleys have a kid together. Like Ooh. the Game of Thrones influence could definitely work its way in in a way that's terrifying. Yeah. But like Ooh. you said. The length of this works perfectly for a television show. The books were long as hell, and so you get even more detail than you did in all eight movies because they split the last one up. The last, I'd say, four movies, starting from book five on, are all very dark plot-wise and thus were very darkly lit in the movies. So God help any of us trying to watch this on HBO. But Brandon, my favorite part of all of this, outside of the obvious horny factor that I know you're going to be in for, is the commingling potentially of HBO talent, like the t- people we traditionally see oh. on HBO. And so with the yes. help of Nicole Arbach over at The Athletic and Caroline Darney at Bet for the Win, I've put together a preliminary casting of HBO characters and their Harry Potter uh, alternatives on their other side. So this is great. In, so I want to start this off in honor of succession, Brian Cox, Logan Roy, Mad-Eye Moody. Mm, one oh of the many gosh. defense against the dark arts teachers. Yes. It, it all, body type fits, gravel tone fits. It's all there. The Dursleys, yes. Harry Potter's adopted muggle family, the righteous gemstones. <gasps> Mike, before you go any further, I, HBO would do some bullshit by not even getting out that house until the end of the first season. 100%. So, like, I'm afraid of that. It's, they're going to make eight seasons because the first one is just going to be Harry being a human and getting picked on by Danny McBride playing Dudley Dursley, his bro- his adopted brother. That's the role I'd be as excited about as anything because Kenny Powers being Harry Potter's adopted human brother is exactly what I need. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yes, okay. Continue. Um, Aubrey Plaza, fresh off her stint in White Lotus Season 2 as Bellatrix Lestrange, one of the most hated characters in that book for me because of what she did to Sirius Black. But Aubrey Plaza is the perfect mix of weird, dark, and brooding. Like, you know, I I think she'd be perfect for it. Yeah, I think it would probably oddly make Aubrey Plaza's life to do a character that was originally played by... Helena Bonham Carter. Like, it just seems like it'd be in the same vein of where Aubrey Plaza wants to live. It's a tough act to follow. It's like, uh, was it was it Johnny Depp that played Willy Wonka in the new movie, having to follow yes. up Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, which yes. is an all-time great character? If anyone's up to the task, it's Aubrey. Um, this has been the toughest one is trying to place America's Sexy Daddy. Pedro Pascal. Now, I am selfish. Sirius Black was my favorite character in the book, and I would love mm. to see Pedro Pascal be Harry Potter's sexy uncle. Mm. I, Mike, as much as I want to see that, I feel like I'd rather see him as Richard Branagh's character. Who's that? Like he was just kind of like the 
the red haired, like foofy. Like I'd like to see Pedro do some like some uh, high energy like type of wizardry. You know what I mean? About, Not so brooding. Were you talking about Professor Lupin? I think so. I think that, so. Let's so see. that was the one that Nicole Arbach offered up as a retort to mine. It's probably the objectively better choice. But again, I'm just jamming my favorite recent HBO lead into my favorite Harry Potter character. Um, in honor of Mina Kimes' tweet, which again, it's all fun and games until two of the Weasleys have a kid together. Yes. You could just make it Jamie and Cersei Lannister. Skip the games. Go straight to it. Now, that being said, I do think there's a better option out there, and that is to make um, Damon Targaryen from House of the Dragon, Lucius Malfoy, yeah. and mm -hmm. make Cersei Ooh. his wife. I think you just dye her hair blonde. Yeah. Obviously, it'd be that. a little bit of Lannister Targaryen mingling, but again, Damon as Lucius Malfoy was a Nicole invention, and that was absolutely right. Um, I would go Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Dolores Umbridge. I think she would absolutely crush that. Big Veep vibes in there. Maybe even lend a little bit of humor in here. This is where it gets truly interesting. I want to recast Argus Finch, the caretaker, as Kate Winslet playing Mayor of Easttown. I think it would be hilarious <laughs> to switch that up on that one. Just Mayor <laughs> crushing... Crushing... Um, uh, crushing beers and ripping cigs, walking the halls of Hogwarts. That, that's actually perfect because that caretaker is kind of a detective in a way. Like he's yeah. like he's the one first person putting stuff together. Like oh, Harry's in the attic. Like you know what I mean? Like I I, I peep like just mayor mayor peeps game mayor peeps game mayor definitely peeps game. Um, the other one that I was very oh. excited about. Zendaya as Hermione. Yes. Would care. Ass. Yes. Oh, man. That'd be so fun to watch. Um, because of the uh, Targaryen and having Cersei, uh, Cersei play Malf uh, Malfoy's mom, Draco would be Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Seems pretty easy mm -hmm. fit there. I like this one. Caroline Darney submitted Sam Tarly as Hagrid. The beloved Hagrid, who yes. the actor who played him originally, we lost um, recently before the Harry Potter reunion on HBO Max. I think he would do a phenomenal job in that role. As long as he puts his best Christian Bale Batman uh, gravel voice, because he's a little bit, he talks a little light for me. Uh, Sam Tolly does. So I would like a little bit. I'm used to Hagrid having like, you know, looking like his beard coming out of his mouth. I think he's up to the task. I think we can get him an octave lower. And I want to finish this off of the ones that we've got so far. And at Gojo Show on Twitter, if you want to help us out, we need a Dumbledore, we need a Ron, and we need a Harry still. We were having a really tough time picking all of those. But J.K. Simmons is Voldemort. Ooh. Obviously, Ooh, there'd bald? be a lot of prosthetics and makeup, but I think J.K. Simmons yeah. has the gusto and the bravado to play a character that dastardly and that evil. Was it? Was he a bad guy in? I don't I'm remember because he was he was in Oz. I don't know. Yes. So his yeah, HBO yeah, yeah. show was Oz, and I never watched that show, oh, so I don't yeah. know if he was a good or bad guy. But just even seeing how oh. he presented in that show was very Voldemorty. He was leader of the Aryan Brotherhood. So you okay, me. bad, yeah, bad, bad. <laughs> Which again, Voldemort kind of gives off Aryan Brotherhood vibes. Definitely. As so this, as the Slytherin, go ahead. 
Uh, so at Gojo Show on Twitter, help us fill out the Harry Potter HBO timeline uh, universe as we get set to see that potentially become a reality. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Brandon, let's get to that uh, fresh off my trip to WrestleMania this week, and apparently WWE just keep wanting to break more news, it was announced mm. on Monday that Endeavor, the parent company of USC, UFC, and WWE have announced that they signed a landmark agreement to form a new publicly traded company listed on the New York Times exchange, Stock Exchange as TKO that's going to combine MMA and that pro wrestling brand and turn them into a $21 billion company. The CEO of Endeavor, Ari Manuel, will continue to be in that role along with becoming the CEO of the new company. Vince McMahon purchased WWF in 1982 from his dad for $1 million, is going to serve as the executive chairman on the board and make a shit ton of money. Brandon, they've always been pretty linked. Like Brock Lesnar has been at you know WrestleMania staple or wrestling staple for a while. He's been at WrestleMania. He was also in UFC as a champion over there. There's been plenty of crossover. Conor McGregor is the name that everybody thinks this will get over into WWE more, considering that character and the way that these guys all carry themselves works perfectly for that avenue anyway. So it's Seems like a match made in heaven. This seems like exactly where both of these entities are supposed to be. Yes, Mike, but I, I completely agree. But as a moderate fan of, of both mediums, I'm confused at how the fan base takes this, right? Because you're, you're dealing with the most serious of sports with projected, usually seen as one of the most least serious of sports in entertainment when it comes to professional wrestling so the merger makes sense on a lot for, for a lot of people but for the people that are actually in the chairs consuming the content obviously it's a publicly traded company so it, it doesn't always have to be just one thing and that's why it kind of it's just kind of muscles and blood which works together but in the venn diagram of the two i'm wondering who's actually excited that the mergers have like that they they, they oh have, i imagine there's uh, a fair amount of crossover fans like I, I think that idea, that notion of people going, well, you know it's scripted and doing that whole thing where they talk down to it, I feel like we've probably waved goodbye to that just because at the end of the day, it's there to be entertainment. In a world where we've seen and in the advent of the Paul brothers and what they've brought into the world of combat sports, a true yeah. like 
they've been sort of the olive branch between the two or the merger of this world of pure entertainment and this world of combat sports to a place in the middle that feels like a melding of the two where we know we're not watching the highest level of what's happening. We know that there's sincerity on the part of Jake Paul, but Logan Paul, who was ringside, cutting wrestling promos at Jake Paul's last boxing match, was also one of the guys that was a star and got to fight Seth freaking Rollins at WrestleMania. So these things have already been intermingled in a lot of ways. And as we see that become more and more popular, this idea that bleep it, put Snoop Dogg on the microphone somewhere, have a Paul brother near attendance, and let me see people punch people in the face, whether it's real or not, we'll call it a day. I I feel like that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, I I feel like it will be fine because if there are any crossovers, it's definitely going to be the UFC superstars going over to the the WWE world to hype up that fight because obviously there's not going to be many people in the WWE world stepping into the octagon. Uh, I think that the something that the Paul brothers have actually shown us is the level of dedication it comes to pick up a combat sport like boxing and there's a certain level of discipline and just struggle to actually do that in the in the level of uh, actual UFC fighting. Well, I guess that's the thing, though, is plenty of these guys come to the come to WWE with backgrounds in football, backgrounds in collegiate wrestling, backgrounds in True. sports that are tangent to this already, and then just embrace the role of being entertainer. We've already had a Brock Lesnar, like we said, do both, live in both worlds very legitimately, and so uh, I think we're only going to see more and more of that. But Brandon, let's get to the third and talk about something that we don't want to see at all, and boy, oh boy... Washington's got enough problems. They didn't need this one. Uh, The first lady, (laughs) Joe Biden, said on Monday that she wanted to see the Iowa women's basketball team also be invited to the White House alongside the national champion LSU Tigers uh, after Monday. She was speaking at the Colorado State Capitol in Denver and said, I know we'll have the champions come to the White House. We always do, so we hope LSU will come. But you know... I'm going to tell Joe I think Iowa should come too because they played such a good game. Now, hopefully she can just couch this as, hey, I was just being nice about them in public and we'll talk about this and this obviously won't happen because we have seen Angel Reese and a number of the LSU players already reject this like they rejected many of the Iowa shots Sunday. Brandon, we can't be giving out participation White House visits. We can't do it. We can't let it stoop to that point. Not when it's got to this racial narrative in America, uh, Miss uh, Dr. Jill Biden. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, no, no. Like Angel Reese said, this is for the people that look like me. Like, all of those, like, they need the photo op as well with, with uh, Joe Biden and Jill and being happy without uh, Caitlin Clark and company waiting in the wings uh, out of respect because they played a good game. Like this is obviously Jill Biden was at the game, so she made sure sure more like invested in it than, than most first ladies that are, uh, you know, trying to arrange the championship visit to the white house. But this is ridiculous for a multitude of reasons. And, you know, it seems that they, they, the Bidens, they say stuff, they say stuff that people want to hear sometimes. This is, as you pointed out, coming off of a very sensitive time where clearly people felt some type of way about the coverage of Caitlin Clark in the lead up and the coverage of Iowa in the lead up relative to their LSU counterparts. And LSU went out there and they whooped that ass. And on the other side of that, 
to the victor goes the spoils and this notion that you would even try and put this out there after everything we've been through sounds like someone that wasn't really paying attention to the rest of all that all respect to yes. the first lady but of we had a lot of people for this championship game parachuting in offering thoughts and opinions some people doing it very loud and wrong and in this case i think just overstepping the nicety of wanting to pump up a team that was very important to the season that played very well all throughout the tournament and that had the star player that everybody knew i heard bamani jones say it on the right time on monday and this is a symptom of it as he pointed out for whatever reason we only seem to be able to prop up and talk about one women's college basketball player at a time and that college basketball player has been caitlin clark this season and that was great it needs to be the LSU Tigers on their damn own because they went out there and earned the trip to the White House that comes with being the national champions. I mean, if if, if Dr. Joe Biden wants to start a loser's bracket, then we can have the runner-ups go to the Pentagon and take pictures and stuff too, or maybe the Washington Monument, <laughs> the Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln Memorial. Like, we can get something in the works, but the White House is sacred for the winner. Where does the NIT winner get to go? <laughs> Oh my god, probably to the national championship game. They get the- Honestly, <laughs> forget the White House. If I win the national championship game and I do it in as resounding Ooh. and important fashion as LSU did in the national title, take me to Area 51. I don't need now. to see the White House. I need to see them aliens. I need to see all these secret aircrafts that we've got locked away. Take me to Area 51 immediately. You can serve me McDonald's for all I care Ooh. there. I just want to shake an alien's hand. Mike, yeah, that's getting some clearance level. That's ne- that, 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 that'll be the next step. Right. <laughs> like, if you got to hit me with the men in black thing after, cool. Hey, Whatever. Whatever. Hey, I'll sign it. I'll sign it. Uh, NDA for my eyes. I'm, I'm I'm willing to do it. Right. What? I, I guess it would still be disclosure. Maybe I thought it was going to make the D discussion, but it's non-disclosure. Mm, An NVA, yeah. a non-visual agreement. Like I didn't see Ooh. shit. You're like it's hey. like when you see your friend cheating on his girlfriend out at a bar. <laughs> you tell him. Why you tell him the rules? If you made it this far, please make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a five-star rating and let us know how we did. Check us out on the DraftKings YouTube channel under the Gojo of Michael Jr. tab. Thanks so much. Talk to you tomorrow. Boom. Money in the bank.